Hello, hello, hi! Welcome to An Absolute Gag. It's the podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments or performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and uh, you're right, babe. You okay? You're right. <laughs> There's that wheeze again. I've been watching a lot of the Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max. It is a BBC show, uh, kind of in the vein of the Great British Bake Off. So that's why I did that horrible, horrible, horrible dialect for you. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I don't want to waste time because (laughs) my guest today is just the biggest get. Seriously, she's, (laughs) she's like nodding right now, like listening to this, but she is, she's the biggest get. By the way, my chair is really squeaky and I've just been noticing every fucking episode. I hear my chair, and it really drives me nuts. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, my guest today is by far the biggest get I've been able to get, uh, get to get. She was literally on a dream guest list. When I was planning this, I had her over on one side with a couple of other names of people, and I was like, Maybe she'll do it. I don't know. I hope so. But my guest today is the one, the only, and thank God it's the only, (laughs) Darby Lynn Cartwright. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm the biggest fan of hers. Well, no, that's a lie. There's a lot of people who are bigger fans than me, and I really think I'm a pretty big fan. Um... (laughs) But seriously, uh, a few years ago, uh, a friend, a couple of friends of mine were in a show at a uh, bar called Hydrate. <laughs> Hold for applause. And it was called Snow White and the Seven Drag Queens. And I went and saw it, and there was this one drag queen who was uh, literally the size of a mop. And she was so talented, so funny, and just, like, everything. And I just fell in love. I just was like, oh, my God, she's the best. And now she's a huge deal. She really, really is a huge deal. And I'm so, so thankful and grateful that she came on our podcast today. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, but before we get to that, let's do our charity focus of the week. Our charity focus of the week, brought to us by Miss Darby Lynn Cartwright, is Molasses Chicago. So, Molasses is a Chicago-based collective manifested by and for Black, trans, and gender nonconforming TGNC artists and organizers. The name Molasses, a substance with several ties to the history and power of Blackness, represents who is most centered in our purpose and work as a collective. Molasses aims to create both community and opportunity for Black trans and gender variant people and queer people of color through cultural work, coalition building, and linkage to self-care. So, obviously, this is 
really, really fabulous organization. Uh, I've known about them for a few months now, and uh, one of the biggest reasons I know about them is because Darby on her show, IMHO, on YouTube, along with Auntie Chan and Alexis Bevels, they have shouted out molasses, and they've collected donations for molasses, and um, it's just a, it's such an important uh, organization that really, really brings attention to these these performers and artists and organizers. It's so wonderful. And when I think about Molasses Chicago, I think about all the amazing, amazing Black artists and organizers, but like the Black artists that I've seen in, you know, when once upon a time we were in the clubs and in the bars and everything, like there are just some incredible performers here. Their art is important, and it says something, and it means something. And Molasses is such a great organization that they all find each other, and they find the community they need through Molasses and the support that they need. And I'm so thrilled that today's charity focus of the week is Molasses Chicago. Now, if you want to know more about them and understand what their organization is, you can go to their website at www.molassischicago.com. And there are so many ways that you can help out on the site, not just by donating, but just like researching and seeing the services that they provide, the ways that you can get involved, like everything, team members, so you can learn who these artists are, so you can go and support them in some way, which you can also do through their shop. It's just a great, great site and a great organization, and so I'm so thrilled to make a donation today in the name of our guest, Darby Lynn Cartwright, to Molasses Chicago. And that is our charity focus of the week. So so I'm sure there's a bunch of people here probably that are just Darby fans who have never listened to the podcast. So get ready. It's quite a trip. But uh, she is, God, she's just so funny. Sorry, I can't help but just gush about her. She's so amazing. And uh, her gag is so iconic truly iconic and it was just the best conversation ever so grab some wine chill out (laughs) why am i telling you to chill out you don't have to chill out you can freak out if you want you know what do what you want do what you want but (laughs) but but do get wine and enjoy my interview with darby lynn cartwright and her Absolute gang. <laughs> okay, usually I would sing right here, but this is too big to sing. And also because what we're talking about today, I cannot ruin with my voice. But this is episode 13. Welcome back to the pod. I am so excited for my guest tonight. Literally a legend, icon, everything, all of the above. <laughs> Prominent drag performer. She has her own show called IMHO. It's on YouTube. Uh, she's one third of the hosts. Her, 
Auntie Chan and um, some other person, Alexis Bevels. That's right, Alexis Bevels as well. And also they have one of the best queen of all RuPaul's Drag Race, Dita Ritz, hosting on there as well. I'm a Patreon supporter. I love her so, so much. Please welcome to the pod, Darby Lynn Cartwright! Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much. Tommy, thank you so much. Um, I I really appreciate it. I was so excited to do this podcast that I was an hour late to (laughs) our recording session. You literally texted me and you said, hey, I see you doing something with Chan on live. If you're busy. And I was like, oh, my God. I blew off this podcast to record my own podcast. You're a celebrity, so it's fine. And also, like, I what what else am I going to do? Like, I literally cannot move. End of the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, what plans did you have? Lori Lightfoot just shut down bars again. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> I've already Stay watched out. Great British Baking Show for today, so I have nothing else to do on a Friday night. Um, Ooh, are you watching? Oh, we'll we'll save yeah. that for the gag. Never mind. No, go ahead. Uh, but I do. Well, first of all, let me ask you: How are you doing with everything considered? Uh, all things considered, on NPR, I am <laughs> good. Yes. I. I hate I hate using the term the new normal because it was a terrible <laughs> sitcom and it was oh canceled. Um, but yeah, yeah, and Nene Leakes, of course. <laughs> too soon, got too soon. Um, no, R. I R. just <laughs> I've gotten. I guess I've just gotten used to it. I mean, I I've been very fortunate through my show IMHO and through our Mm -hmm. Patreon that during all of this, um, I have been able to continue to work through, I mean, just for that. I mean, I'm not working in bars like I used to, but it's kept me busy. Yeah. But you, you did, you were in front of your first audience in a long time, uh, in person last weekend, you had a drive-in show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very famous. Very Very famous. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was fun. You had great queens on there, Bitch Puddin and Jada, Jada Essence Hall, Landon Lander, uh, yeah. and uh, even like up and comers like Denali. I really hope something happens good for her in the future. I, I don't think it, anything good will ever no. happen for her. Because here's the problem. <laughs> Let me break it down. She's young. She's beautiful, both in and out of drag. She. <laughs> is talented and literally anything you ask her to do, she can do it. I think the future is dark for her. I think so too. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I take back what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're wrong. And I think in a year's time, my story will not change. No, definitely not. No, not, in not at all. Don't be ridiculous. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I gotta tell you, I'm so, I'm, I owe you so much because I am HO has like gotten me through this quarantine even more than like previously. Although I have to tell you, I go back and watch some of your old Dragula recaps because those just make me giggle nonstop. <laughs> I would say hello uglies, but I don't do that. Chan does that. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. We actually, we are getting together. To, you heard Chan as she was leaving my apartment when I kicked her out because I realized I was supposed to be doing this instead. And, uh, 
we're we were planning our Dragula Resurrection review tomorrow. So I we just watched it. Oh boy, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Uh, I can't wait. It's- I love I love anything that's not Drag Race, so I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> same. I like. I mean, obviously, whatever. I love you know all of drag. drag race, yeah. yeah, drag race has its own but, place, and we love that it exists. But we'll say that. I love that we're given some opportunities to see other performers and performers that wouldn't maybe not initially be on there. So I well, love, we love an ooky spooky. <laughs> I also love forcing people, you know, to eat spiders. Yes, I love that they give people tattoos and then they send them home. That's my I favorite. I also love, like, they are so dedicated, all the contestants on that show, because, like, there's part of me that's like, I'm surrounded by, we're filming on two iPhone 12s, and, like, like, we're going to be on a streaming service. We don't know which one, but we're going to be on it. (laughs) God, I hope it's Shudder. Oh, man. Um, Actually, so funny you bring up iPhone 12. I didn't even realize that was a thing until I saw a very rich, uh, very typical white gay on Twitter today say, I mean, the 12 is nice, but it just feels bulkier in my hand because the edges are round. I was like, is it even out? Who are you? My hand is too skinny to hold the phone. It's like, I mean, it just feels like it's so, because it's holding all of my, like, secrets. So it just feels very, it's thick. And normally I think I'm thick. LOL. Top and bottom joke. Verse. That's how I needed it. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, before we get to our topic, I wanted to, I want to chat with you. We're both diehard drag, or uh, sorry, drag, obviously. But no, we're both diehard Housewives fans. And diehard. Die die hard. Hard. <laughs> yes, yes. And h- how are you feeling right now with the, the world of the Housewives? Okay, I have a couple, I have, a, I have an announcement for you, Tommy, actually. Oh, this Tommy. is breaking news. You're about to have an absolute gag. <laughs> One of our messy queens on our Patreon, which you are one of, and we love that, and thank you. Um, Yeah, earlier when you said, I owe you so much, I was like, don't worry, you pay me every month. (laughs) Um, But one of our messy queens in Italy, Italy, Italia, Mm -hmm. she has decided to take on writing the English subtitles for the Real Housewives of Naples because there are no English subtitles. Oh, wow. (laughs) She just finished episode one. And she said she would send it to me tonight. Oh, my God. It's got to be good. Tom, I'm asking you this as a friend. (laughs) Well, as an acquaintance. (laughs) Would you go on this journey with me? Would you like to watch The Real Housewives of Naples? Yes, absolutely. Because the International Housewives are some of the best. Australia, like everything over there. Melbourne. Melbourne, Melbourne is the best. But the one that I, I, and I agree with you to a degree. The one that I always bring up just to keep it, keep it real, keep it 100, as the kids said in the late 90s. It's The Real Housewives of Toronto. Yeah. That one wasn't good, and I'll tell you why. It's because they're so nice. The craziest person there was crazy because she was a Christian, and it was like, yeah, we know we we live in the world. But they'd be like, I heard you were talking about me, and then they'd go, oh, no, I did. 
oh really yeah i'm sorry and they'd be like oh that's okay and it was over it's done yeah every conflict was like resolved by halfway through the episode they were not as good as vancouver definitely i think the largest like issue they had was when the christian lady had a dinner party on a boat and she ordered everyone cookbooks from italy i think it was and she had the chef sign them all and she didn't have one signed for a woman there so she got her cookbook but it wasn't signed oh that that was the drama I, that, I don't know. That is so good. That is so good. Yeah. Oh. I'm very happy with, with the Housewives of the World. I think we're going through a period of transition. Yes. And I'm being very patient, I have to say, Andy. Um, <laughs> I was going to boycott this season of the OC uh, because I do care about myself. Yeah. <laughs> However, I did break down and I watched both episodes this morning. Um, it's okay because I've heard... Uh, I heard on a podcast, Regina King once said, if you're going to watch or stream something and want to give it like the ratings that it deserves, you need to watch it within 72 hours. So if you want to watch, yes, if you want to watch Orange County and not give them the attention or the ratings. Just be a week behind. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can do that. Well, and and did you watch Orange County yet? Are you? No, I, I just, I really drew a line with kelly dodd i mean she's just oh she's a monster and now there's a full-on fox news personality as a cast member um but the season is so bad that uh, literally yeah i watched two episodes but really i just watched a highlight reel of all the past seasons they just keep flashing back to be like hey remember when it was good and (laughs) I was like, I really enjoyed that episode. I really loved how Vicky, wait, Vicky's not on it anymore. Yeah. But I mean, it can't compare to Potomac, which is just truly fire. the best fire. show on television. It's fire. So good. And I, uh, I love it I so much. I thought I would be a fan of a bird. And I it know. is through T'Challa <laughs> that I might not be happy with her mother. Or with yeah. his mother, sorry to misgender you, T'Challa. Um, but but you can do no wrong. And the more you scare Karen, the more I I giggle. And and Wendy freaking out constantly at that bird is so it's just it's I'm the not best. a Wendy fan yet. No. I am a fan of her sister and her mother. I would watch that. Yes. I'd watch that. Yeah. And I her husband like- can get it. Oh, oh yeah. He's so he's up there with Juan as far as like attractive oh, husband. Oh. Ooh, Juan Dixon. <laughs> you can't say Juan's name without warning me. He is so oh my god. He's so gorgeous. Oh my god. He every makes, time. He makes Robin even more I love Robin, but yeah. I think I love I think a big part of the reason is because she brought us Juan. <laughs> She, she's really come into her own this season where she's kind of like, yeah, I know I don't have the most interesting storylines or stuff going on, but I, just put the camera on me for a little bit and I will she's do like, I'll something. I'll put on a wig and be Tatiana for no reason. It's like, doing- All right, Robin, your personality barely has, a, you barely have enough personality for one person. Go ahead, take on a second. When do- she... 
when she walked up to Karen's party with pizzas, I died. <laughs> and you know, the whole time she was ordering those pizzas, she was going, Oh, she felt good. Uh, Welcome done, back, everybody. <laughs> Watch Housewives. Welcome back. We're done. This is our new Housewives yeah. podcast. Oh, Darby, I have a question for you. Oh, no. What? Are you okay? Yes, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> what is your absolute gag? Okay. Now, I felt a lot of pressure um, when I was asked to have an absolute gag because... I gag over many, many things, Mm -hmm. mostly dairy, but (laughs) I am very unapologetically a stereotypical Judy Garland gay. She has been my light for my entire life. Um, So I'd have to say the moment that my gay jaw dropped to the floor and I was gagged, was the performance of Get Happy, Happy Days Are Here Again, Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand on the Judy Garland Show, excited that you picked this because it was one of those things where when I I emailed you and I was like in my heart of hearts I knew I knew what it needed to be but I was like I'll let her decide I'll let her figure it out and it's fine and then you said that and I was like oh yes (laughs) well first I said Sarah Jessica Parker's performance in the First Wives Club because I Mm -hmm. do feel like it is a stellar moment in pop culture history but I chose that initially because I thought that the Judy thing was too niche. Like I thought, oh, we're going to lose all of the super cool gays that Tommy has <laughs> listening. And I said, you know what? It's fine. I have to. I have to stay true to myself. No, and I even I wore my Judy shirt for oh, you. See that? <laughs> I uh, no. I mean, to me, this is. This is modern queer canon. Like, I mean, you need mm-hmm. to know this performance if you are a queer person, because it is, it is so iconic. And so let me ask you, why, why is this performance specifically a gag for you? Oh, okay. Um, well, I, so my love of Judy Garland came when, this is so dark, my grandmother died. <laughs> 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 she was 92. She read the Bible like 73 times all the way through. She was awful. It's fine. She's in heaven, like being an asshole. Um, 
but I was 12 and my dad, I have an older dad. And so we always watched Turner Classic Movies and AMC. That's all we watched. And so I knew who Judy Garland was through like her MGM musical days because I would yeah. watch those with my dad. Um, and I liked her. But I, I didn't feel drawn to her. And then when my grandmother passed, we were cleaning out our house. He was like, here, he handed me this cassette tape. And he's like, do you know who this is? And it was the Capitol record. And so it was older Judy. Uh-huh. I was like, no, and he goes, that's Dorothy. And I was like, oh. And so we put the tape in. We got into his Buick, his 1993 Buick LeSabre. And we put the tape in. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound like her. Like her voice is so much deep. Like that's not her. And he's like, Oh, she had a really sad life. (laughs) And girl, I, I was so obsessed. And it so happens that a month later in my sixth grade science class, we were given the, we were put into groups and we were given celebrities who, this is so fucked up. We were given (laughs) celebrities who died of drug overdoses. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and wow. as a group we had to present their life and present why drugs killed them oh, no. um, yeah and okay. i'm from memphis so of course elvis like we have one of the ultimate you know dead celebrity yep. uh and <laughs> yes right well our group got elvis and everyone was cheering because he's like the only one we knew and everyone was so excited the group next to me got judy garland <gasps> oh. And I'd had that cassette for a good four weeks. So I knew everything. And I went to the teacher, my little gay ass, went to the teacher. I was like, hi, got Elvis, super thrilled, loved his work. By the way, I have a cassette tape. May I do Judy Garland? And she was like, no. So my gay ass said, "Mm -mm, no, 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 no. So the day that the Judy group had to present, I brought in the cassette. And I was going to rock everyone's world. So when they were done, I stood up like a psycho. And I was like, I have a tape. You need to hear this. The teacher let me play it. But I didn't have her original like with me. I just thought everyone knew The Wizard of Oz as well as I did. Right, right. Turns out not the case. Yeah. And so I just played this old lady singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It was super confusing. The only thing I think everyone realized was not how much drugs had harmed Judy, but just how gay I in fact was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why he talks like that. Okay, 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 okay. I love that. Yeah. You, no, go ahead. In the words of Alyssa Edwards, you pulled the padge. You I did. Yeah. And I and I hit everyone with it. I said, fuck that. <laughs> and then um the Rosie O'Donnell show was another obsession of my little my little young gay heart, as I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. right. Yep. She played such it's hard to explain to young gays. Like she played or young queer people, I'm sorry, that she played such a huge role in a lot of our lives. Oh, definitely. Huge. Like formative. Like I I wouldn't know how Audrey McDonald. Truly, like Audrey McDonald. She like Rosie, uh, the Rosie O'Donnell show is a huge reason why Kristen Chenoweth has a career. Like, I mean, she was the one who, the day after she saw your good man, Charlie Brown, was like, there's this woman, she's so funny. And like, her career exploded. I, it's my first exposure to seeing all and any Broadway show. I had never 
seen like Sutton Foster yeah. in Thoroughly Modern Millie uh, was yeah. on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Audra McDonald and Brian Stokes Mitchell singing Wheels of a Dream on mm-hmm. the Rosie O'Donnell show. I don't think you realize she was Broadway. She brought Broadway into right. our homes that we yeah. couldn't have before. Right. And I think she she brought us performances like this one because it nothing is like it nothing brings what Barbara and Judy did in well, on the Judy Garland show now a days. We didn't have we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have access to a lot of these things. So Barbara was a guest on Rosie's show, yes. and Rosie said one of the Barbara performances that means the world to me is this, and she played a minute of this performance, and it was the first time I had ever seen it. I didn't know the Judy Garland show exists. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know she had her own TV show. Yeah, girl, I was gagged. And so I had it because I recorded the Rosie show on video every day. Me too. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. so I, I would just go back and I just watch that one minute over okay. and over and over. And then one day I found it on LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it was just the, it was just the one minute clip. Uh, oh, wow. And I only knew the one minute, but I knew it by heart. I knew the way her, her leg kicked up. I knew the way she grabbed Barbara. I knew the way that Barbara didn't look exactly comfortable. Like I knew it all. <laughs> and then when they released the Judy Garland show on DVD, uh, I saw it on E! News. It was, um, what was her name? Mar- uh, Marla. What was her name? Which one? E! News. Her, her name's, she has like two M names. Maria Menos. Maria Menos. Yes. yes. She was like, this is such a great DVD set. It's Julie Gar... I'm sorry. <laughs> Judy Garland. <laughs> TV show. I begged and begged and begged. And my parents took me to a Sam Goody. And uh, it was too expensive. But they did buy me the Barbara one. And then the rest is history. I mean, it is, it is so iconic. I will say, like, what I took away from it that... I think I really noticed this time while watching it, it is a perfect build of a song for both mm-hmm. of them. Like vocally, it's like they start out so like like mellow and like really laying into those notes and stuff. And then that moment of from now on happens and then it's just I it's two queens just screaming at that point and you love it. <laughs> Well, and also the way it builds. So they sing from now on where there's, you know, it's this huge crescendo. And then the person with arguably the larger voice at this moment, Judy, mm-hmm. she drops back down and starts singing, forget your troubles. And then Barbara shoots up and she's yes. screaming, happy days. It's perfect. Yes. It's, uh- oh, I just got chills. What? <laughs> Alexis and I, we always sing it. It's our final song for Two Queen Singing. So we sang it last Uh night. And it just, I just forget how much fun we have when we're doing it. It's, ugh, it's It's, such a good song. It's a perfect duet. Like, there's so many outstanding versions of that. But I just, uh, I'm truly shocked. Glee was garbage. I said I was going to be like, I'm truly shocked that you didn't choose the Kurt Hummel oh, <laughs> Berry version. Fuck. Uh, I, I'm, all, I'm so glad that he, what's his name? Kurt, what's Chris his actual Colfer. name? Yep. Chris I'm so yeah. happy he has a career. That's so happy. I'm happy for him. Gay people rock. Yeah. I, I 
hate his singing voice. <laughs> it drives me bonkers that he was he oh. was like the person we had to cheer for. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He's oh. he's one of the surviving members of Glee, so we have to pay homage and honor. He is one of the surviving members. Wow, that's wild to yeah. think about it. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the show that like cast members are dropping off from. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, <laughs> a tr- and like the first two, okay, but this yeah. latest one is devastating. That one's horrible. That one hurts. Uh, hurts. So, but anyway, Liam Michelle's next. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to ask. So, you had a connection to Judy. Um, was there any connection to Barbara? Like, or was it strictly through Rosie O'Donnell that you had a connection <laughs> to Barbara? <laughs> It's kind of that's that's the best phrase. Or was it strictly through Rosie O'Donnell that you had a connection to Barbara Streisand? That is that's such a specific moment in time. Like that that phrase you said is only a phrase that makes sense when discussing the late nineties. That's mean, amazing. Thank I, you for that. I remember, like, literally crying. When Rosie cried because Barbara came through that curtain and like, yeah, she just lost it. I was like, (laughs) I didn't have the same connection that I did to Judy. And I, I have such a insane, uh, like, um, like stalkerish addiction to people and, and loyalty. (laughs) And Judy was such an icon and Barbara is such an icon that they were often compared. So I think I immediately was like, Nope, I don't have, I don't have room for you, Barbara. Like I don't, (laughs) I have since learned from that mistake. Like, have you watched the full episode that that number is on? I've never watched the full episode of it. Just the full clip from their small talk onto the song and everything. What is the episode? Just insane. (laughs) It is. It is bonkers from start to finish. The Judy Garland show in general is just a fever dream. But (laughs) the Barbara episode is so strange because she was still pretty young. I think she was 19. So she was still pretty new. There's even a section. There was always a section, an interview section on the show called Tea for Two. And she would sit down and interview her guests as she poured tea. And the gag was the running joke. The running joke of the Judy Garland show was everyone shit on Judy. That was the joke. Was oh. that she was broke and they hated her. Like that was the running joke. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And oh, uh Jerry Lee Lewis was her sidekick and he was always shitting on her and telling her, You don't have enough money, you can't afford this, you're broke. And he kept calling her old lady. It was that. Anyway, but the joke okay. was like they didn't want to drink her tea because her tea was gross. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I'm so happy you're sitting down. You're about your mind's about to be rocked. It it goes from crazy to crazier. So Barbara Streisand's turning down the tea. She starts to take the tea, but I think she remembers she's not supposed to. So there's a very awkward <laughs> no. And then then they talk about how much they hate each other because they're both so talented. And she's like, "What are you working on?" And she's like, "It's a new musical. It's called Funny Girl. It's about the life. Like oh. it hadn't." Like she was very new. It was when, remember when Barbara was really just about her TV specials and like, and her albums and there wasn't a lot more to her. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, And then 
<laughs> then I don't think you're ready. Like, I don't think you're ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm As they're in. talking. And as they're talking about, oh, you're doing something with Funny Girl? Oh, that's marvelous. And she's refusing to drink tea. Someone in the audience begins to sing. It's <laughs> Ethel Merman. Oh, this is so good. Ethel Merman yes, is sitting in the audience and she starts singing. <laughs> There's no business. <laughs> so then Ethel Merman comes on stage. Hey, Judy. Just happened to be in the studio. I think she was filming with like Dick Cavett or something. She was like, I was doing a, a, someone else's show, so I decided to stop by. Oh, look at this young beauty, huh? They don't make them like this anymore, do they? And so, then it's Judy and Ethel kind of ragging on Barbara about yeah. being so young and like, uh, they don't make them like us. And she's like, you you must be one of the last belters. And uh, she's asking, it's... It's bonkers. And then Barbara gets very uncomfortable. And Barbara takes like a full step away from Ethel. Because oh, no. Ethel's just getting real handsy. So she yeah. steps away. So then they all sing together. And Barbara sort of sings, but obviously Ethel is the only person you can hear. Yeah. And oh, it's it's so bonkers. Like I think Barbara Streisand left her body. There's a moment where you can just tell. That's the shell of Barbara Streisand. Like, there's no soul in there right now. Well, I had never really noticed the, like, little small talk that happens before the song. But I laughed so hard at the moment that Judy's like, you're so beautiful. And she, like, grabs her face. And, like, like she does, like, the grandma, like, smush a cheek thing. And, like, I was like, don't do that. <laughs> like, yes. That there's scary. There's another duet. Uh, they do a couple more duets. There's another big kind of power duet where um, she sings uh, some of Barbara's songs and Barbara sings Judy's songs. And it's, it's phenom, but it starts with, we just love your records. We just play your records all the time. And you're just, I, I hate you. You're so good. I just hate you. You're so good. And then she's like, well, if you ever need any, if you ever need confidence, just come over. I'll tell her I hate you. And then to set up their duet, Jerry, Jerry Lewis comes out. Jerry, wait, Dick Van Dyke, Jerry Lee Lewis. Is that his name? Jerry Lewis, I think. I think you're thinking of, yeah. What's the, what's the, the musical guy? Oh, it is, it is Jerry Lee Lewis, right? So Jerry Van Dyke. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's younger brother on Coach. Oh, okay, okay. Got, oh, became famous yeah, on Coach. Yeah, he is her business like showrunner. Oh, so he's like okay. telling her she's broken, old, and ugly. Like that's his job. <laughs> so they start to do this production number in Gingham, and. uh he comes out and goes, nope, cut it, cut it. And he sends everything away. And he's like, you can't afford this. You're broke, Judy, fucking old dumb bitch. And then she's like, well, what they can't take away is our voices. Come on. And then they sing like a love duet. It's I, really cute. She she is in this, uh, this video, in this clip. Judy, you can definitely see the Liza qualities in Judy. Like, I mean, there are some moments that are yeah. full on. Like, I was like, oh man, I could see Liza doing that. Absolutely. Like the I I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate you. I well, hate you. because Liza that we know now that yeah. we think 
the the I mean, she's iconic for many reasons, but the iconic Liza that we know now is the older kind of Judy that we know, you know, yeah. like and, and with Barbara sitting next to her and Barbara being so young, it really brings out her kind of older motherly drunk yeah. aunt quality. Yes. <laughs> drunk aunt is perfect description. Yeah. Because it is. And, Barbara is like in a sailor outfit. Like she just came from her kindergarten photos (laughs) next to Judy's, you know, like silk striped, whatever the fuck that was. Like there's just could not be too further, you know, this star rising and this other star. Yeah. Now I, I won't say falling because her voice, the Judy Garland show years are my favorite of her vocal. Yeah. I, li- I liked a little bit of the damage. Yeah. Um, ugh, and they're sitting on a block for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so good. And uh, I love the little like arm like shuffle that she does after from now on where she just kind of grabs Barbara's mm-hmm. hand and like shakes it. Like, I don't know. There's something about. There's something about just that moment, truly, that that from now on moment really cements it for me as just like where you're like, oh, this is iconic. This is like it. Yeah. I I just love that. It always and yeah, and Judy got a lot of oh my god, everyone has dropped off this podcast. I just have to you know <laughs> taking such a deep dive into Judy Garland. Like no one is listening to this. No, please. Continue. I honestly had a direction this entire time. I'm so excited. <laughs> Judy often got notes that she touched her guests too much. She got notes from CBS, stop touching your guests, stop touching your guests. I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Me and My Shadows, the TV movie about oh, Judy, Judy Garland, Davis? Judy Davis? Yes. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it in a while. I, <laughs> I did watch it when it aired. Like I, yeah. oh. it was like, did you, buy, did you buy all six TV guides? <laughs> because I have all six, six different times. I just remember being like, Tammy Blanchard's going to be the next, big thing oh right she tammy blanchard was supposed to be what we now know as anne hathaway in my opinion i thought this is it same i was like oh she's a star but yeah oh yeah me and my shadows i haven't seen it in a while though but it's yeah it's awful but so good but there is a there is a um and judy davis is like i mean get out of here there is a scene um where Judy Davis goes to meet with the CBS people and they're telling her that they're like, we don't like, like you, you seem drunk. We don't like that. You're touching people. Stop touching people. And she's like, okay. And she grabs the phone. She calls the white house. (laughs) She calls JFK. I'm not kidding. She calls JFK and she goes, John, did you watch my show last Sunday? Oh, you did. Oh, darling. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm here at CBS. I say I touch people too much. Do you think I touch people too much? And then she gets the president of the United States to say that she's not too touchy. And then she sings somewhere over the rainbow for his birthday. Oh my and then she gets up and leaves. Oh, oh. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? 
<laughs> See, I guess always Hollywood and politics were always combined, even back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, we can pretend that we've gotten into some deep, dark place, but no, 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 no. <laughs> Judy Garland called JFK while sitting in front of CBS president. Like, that was- that's that's real. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. Uh, how about... Let me ask you, do you have any other, can you think of any other iconic duets that, like, feel the same, Ooh. give the same energy? It's tough because, you know, these are two powerhouse icons. So any sort of, like, duet that comes to mind are going to be two other icons. Yeah. Obviously, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, When You Believe. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Celine Dion and Barbara Streisand tell him. Oh, uh, that is, that's like one of my absolute favorite yeah. things in the world. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so you could tell Celine wants to go further, but you can tell she knows that Barbara has set a certain limit and yeah. she's not going to cross it. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever seen um, the first VH1 Divas concert? Or like yes. of that. Oh, of yes. <laughs> There's that. I used, to, I used to like have watching parties when the divas thing would come out. It'd be uh, me and my like three little fag hags, and I'd be like, "Listen, <laughs> it's a new diva. Shut the fuck up. Come over here, girls. We're watching VH1 tonight." <laughs> <laughs> I loved. I I was uh, rewatching uh, this the moment where Gloria Estefan. And Celine Dion switch off songs. Yes. And there's the behind the scenes clip, and Gloria keeps on saying as like a joke, but it's truly serious when she's like, You're not gonna overpower me, right? Like on, on <laughs> you know, like like they play on you on Saturday Night Live. You're not gonna you're not gonna end there. <laughs> like she says it like three times, and you can tell by the third time Celine is like, bitch, I will smack you. <laughs> like, oh god. Okay. Can I say something controversial yet brave? Go ahead. Okay. I might absolute gag you, but um, I think Celine Celine Dion, icon, legend, obsessed with her. I'm so happy she's had such a wonderful life, except for the loss of Renee Angelio. Okay, but... I think Celine Dion has always reminded reminded me of Princess Diana if she had fetal alcohol syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's a terrible thing to say. Like, I know that's terrible. But I don't know. There's just... They have very... Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, I, I. Anybody that was still listening to this, they're definitely gone now. <laughs> no, I love it. I Celine is my queen because she just is like. Oh, she's incredible. She's insane, but she's like truly, yeah. like put her in a in a asylum. Like she's. Crazy. Don't you? Okay, but can I? Don't you want? Your icons. Icon is a strong word. Yeah. Like reality star, uh, uh, famous person. Okay. Icon, legend. You don't call someone a legend while they're alive and expect them to go buy their own milk. Like, that's an insane <laughs> thing. The fact that 
like Barbara Streisand having a mini village <laughs> in her basement <laughs> to the point that there is a full Broadway show about her mini village. That's what I want. Yes. I want that. I'll pay more taxes to make that happen. <laughs> Do you need me to pave a road? <laughs> Take some money from the schools, not from the police, but uh, from the schools. I, <laughs> I, uh, I love, I love, I love the crazy. I and do. that's another thing. Sorry to keep interrupting you. Go ahead. I apologize. No, please. no, no. I'm getting too excited. I'm, I wish people could see my hands are literally above my head. <laughs> but that's another thing that makes the duet and makes that episode of the Judy Garland show so incredible to watch today because you know what Barbara yeah. Streisand became, but she's a child there. <laughs> and she took that, you know that she took that appearance on Judy Garland as this huge thing of like, holy fuck, I'm going to be on uh-huh. the Judy Garland show. And now she has an ice cream shop in her basement. She has a clone of her dogs. Where someone works. It's <laughs> she's like it is really fascinating to see somebody like Barbara at the beginning of her career with this this other big energy that she later kind of becomes or further like surpasses as far as like some bananas stuff. Like I mean the healthier, the healthier banana. Yeah. She surpasses her, but she stayed alive. Yeah. Truly. She's asking she her her writer is not barbiturates. It's <laughs> it's bananas. But yes. Do you know uh, like any of her Barbara's crazy behind the scenes stuff? Because I don't know a lot about uh, the one that I love is uh so Kathy Griffin has a bit in one of her stand-up specials where she talks about how she was on the Oprah show the day after Barbara was on. I know exactly where she's saying, say it, say it. <laughs> and she, the day before she's watching Barbara and she sees that like everything is like cream colored, like everything. And even her microphone is cream colored and everything like that. And so Kathy is talking to Oprah during a commercial break. And she's like, Oh, I loved the Barbara Streisand episode. And Oprah goes, did you see that bitch painted my microphone? (laughs) (laughs) That bitch painted my microphone white. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's so good. (laughs) Oh my God. But that's, that is the, and that's what I hope Oprah is doing too. Like we, I truly believe that we, yes, they get fame and fortune, which has its own, we, we understand to be a great thing, but we also steal a little bit of their soul and we also make their life a lot more difficult. And I'm not, I'm not saying poor celebrities. Yeah. She can buy an Island. It's fine. But, (laughs) But I think we, I think we owe that. Like I think I I want them to be like I hate when people say, "Ugh, I was at a coffee shop and I saw uh, Steve Buscemi, Mm -hmm. and I really wanted an autograph, and he turned me down." And I'm like, I hate that shit too. No, you do not get to ask Steve Buscemi for shit. Okay, if anything, he should throw his coffee at you, and that is. (laughs) That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. I I'd like. I don't know it, why Steve Buscemi was the first one to come <laughs> in my mind. You know, I got to examine that. 
<laughs> but yet, I was so there with you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you like, you're like, of course, Steve Buscemi, uh-huh, coffee shop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I do think there is something interesting that we're witnessing right now where, so obviously the Britney Spears situation and what's going yeah. on in the news with all that and stuff is that we are trying to like in a way kind of make up for the fact that we did take part of her soul. And now we're like, give mm-hmm. it back to her, let her be, let her be on her own and stuff. And how we've kind of accepted this, like her, her TikToks, her, her Instagram videos and everything. And how we're just like, listen, we don't care. Like, go ahead and do that. Like, yeah, this way because you've earned it because we yeah. sent you through the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's it's it's also really odd going going back to our absolute gag. Yeah, it, it's also really odd to think about. You know, Judy came into fame in the late '30s, early '40s, mm-hmm. and that was like kind of her first huge kind of sore. You know, she she made a thousand comebacks before dying on a toilet. But before that, so she had this kind of studio based fame that was all very, you know, film studio. She was, she had to date certain people like whatever. Then Barbara comes up in the sixties the and seventies and she's, she's kind of her own celebrity on her more so on her own terms. Yeah. But really celebrity is a very small group of people still in the world because there's no internet there's not a lot of access so she has a very particular moment in time and now we look at people like Brittany who are now living their entire lives in front of us yeah and so it's just so strange when we're talking about these iconic moments because we're yes it was an iconic moment for sure but Mm -hmm. they were like two things on TV that night. There were literally yeah. two things on that TV tonight. You yeah. know, like, and there were like, like 12 things that happened that year. <laughs> it's be amazing because it's like, man, it would be the same as, it would feel the same as if, like, say, Mariah Carey hosted, like, a variety show and, like, all of a sudden Beyonce was on and they just sang a duet or something. Like, that's how big, like, this deal was, was the fact that, like, these yeah. are two titans, truly titans, just together. And the people that were watching Judy Garland, like the Judy Garland show was on at the same time as Bonanza. So not great, not great. But the people who did watch her, she was like their celebrity. And oh, when yeah. we say she was the number one box office draw, that's not just, oh, she was good in movies. No, she was the celebrity in the world. Yeah. And these people grew up on her. And so when she gets a TV show and she's been gone for a while, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and for her to have on somebody that she that's younger in their career and just, you know, starting out and stuff giving a stamp of approval, you know, like this kind of like giving them a rub, if you will, of just like, this is going to be the next big thing. It's clear that there's this, there's this energy where she's like giving Barbara the baton, if you will. 
you know. Yes. I mean, I watched all of the episodes of the Judy Garland show, and I will say that when, like, she had the Smothers Brothers on, she wasn't handing them a baton, and she did hand it to Barbara. But Barbara also kind of, I mean, she took that baton. That, yeah. that, that episode of the Judy Garland show has two of my favorite Barbara Streisand performances ever, like solo performances. She sings Down With Love um, on on these <laughs> on these arrows that lower from the ceiling and she steps on them. It's really bizarre. It's 60s. She sings Down With Love. And then my favorite Barbara Streisand performance, period, ever done, she sings uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Oh, God. I, that performance, uh, (laughs) I don't have words. It's, it's, it's the most perfect vocal performance I've ever heard. I mean, when she was, when she was that age, that her voice was just perfect. It was butter. It was like butter. It just was so smooth and glorious. And she had full control over it. Yeah. She, in the Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered from that Judy Garland episode, which I really highly suggest you go watch right now, is, well, not you, Tommy, we're talking, uh, (laughs) but the one person who's still listening. Um, Thank you, Alexis, for listening. (laughs) We love you. It's so... uh, It's so... I don't know. I can't. And what's killer is she's in a, she's in a single spotlight and it's a very tight spotlight on like, from like the top of her crazy hair to like the bottom (laughs) of her sailor, you know, bib. (laughs) And then she finishes this just gut riching, incredible, amazing performance. And then it goes into down with love and they reveal that this entire time she's been standing on a giant arrow and it's just so bizarre. It's, it's so, but it's so good. It's, uh, and she's dressed as a sailor. Uh, Why was that her thing for a while? Why was that her thing? She, she's always had the most fascinating, like fashion sense truly but yeah for a while it was like naval it was like nautical style like straight up yeah like it's i don't know like her her style though is very exciting to watch yeah i i i do i love i would love to go to the store in her basement that is all of her costumes (laughs) i'd love to do that my favorite is the mirror has two faces uh, version of Barbara when, when she was like full on director mode and she had those big brimmed hats, those like wide brimmed hats that she wore everywhere. Oh my God. I don't know what I thought the mirror has two faces was going to be. I thought it was a horror movie and I know that's insane. <laughs> and in some ways it was. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Barbara Streisand movies. It's oh. it's uh, Lauren Bacall, like Jeff Bridges. Oh. It's she changes herself, and but then she's okay with the fact that like he only wants her now that she's completely changed herself. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, my personal favorite is 
uh, meet the Fockers, but that's just me. <laughs> well, the, I, well, that's a, that's a very subtle performance. That was that's a that's a real honed in. Yeah, <laughs> that's the classic Barbara, but you really have to know her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I love this so much. So let me ask you, is there is there any other Judy performance that just like is mm-hmm. like top notch for you? you? Stop stop the question. I've got plenty of answers. Um <laughs> Yes. So again, I I just have to say I'm biased. I really connect with the Judy Garland show era Judy. Um I think her voice is I love I love how it's a little weak. I love that there's breaks in it. I but she still powers through it. Um so there's a couple performances. The first one that I just adore is she sings I know this is going to be crazy. She sings the Battle Hymn of the Republic. My eyes have seen the glory of the Now listen. You ready? JFK. I don't know if you heard. He got shot. So after JFK died, she wanted to do a like memorial episode. She wanted mm-hmm. to do a whole episode of the Judy Garland show just to him. Cause they were friends. Yeah. Are friends enough for her to call him during CBS <laughs> meetings. <laughs> CBS said, absolutely not. Like, no, that's too political. We can't do that. Wow. So the kind of the, the meat in the middle was that she was able to sing like a very, pro-America political song and dedicate it to him. They cut out the dedication um, unbeknownst to her, but they did air her singing it. Okay. And it is, it is so powerful. So phenomenal. She fucks up the words and the timing at the end, but handles, uh, but masterfully handles it. Is it kind of funny? Yes, of course. Because if you know Judy, you know, like, she's like, she's supposed to hold this note and she forgets. So she finishes the chorus. Our God is marching on. And then the the background singers are singing the sustained note. And she's like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. So she goes, our God is marching on. Our God is. <laughs> she goes, oh, oh, oh. It's, but it is so good. Like it is so, so good. And then this one's problematic and I realize, and I'm sorry. And like, if this is wrong, please, please write in, uh, absolute gag at yahoo.com. It would be a Yahoo address. Yeah. Truly. Hotmail. Netflix. No, not like net, Netscape. 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 Um, no, she, she sings. No, this is actually as I start to say it, I realize it's bad. She sings "Old Man River." Now, hear me oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> now, hear me out. <laughs> the reason it's an incredible performance. Absolutely, a white lady should not be singing that song. But the reason I connect with it is because she she did feel so broken and I know through my obsession with her, how terrified she was of dying. And there's that line of I'm tired of living, but I'm scared of dying. And yes, of course that was written, uh, you know, from a black person's perspective and slavery and awful, but she was also like very physically clearly tired of living, but she was also terrified to die. And that moment shakes me. I think I've seen that performance and that is, that is one of those moments that, that she like 
she has this ability whenever she's performing, she like transcends. Like she just, mm-hmm. she starts like almost like it's like an out of body experience for her. Like she just owns every word, every lyric, everything. And you can see the like personal touches whenever she's performing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she, she gives so much of herself that off sometimes she surprises herself. There's a lot of moments on the Judy Garland show where she'll literally go, Oh my God. After she finishes a note, there's when she sings come a rain or come shine on Liza's episode. She literally, after the last note, it is phenomenal. Like just crazy good. And she's singing, she's, she lifts her leg up and her arm and she's singing the final note. And then she just suddenly brings her hand down and screams, Oh my goodness. (laughs) She scared herself. She's like, Oh my God. It was like, who does that? I guess that I think that is like one of her like greatest qualities is whenever you're watching a performance of her, you don't know what's going to happen. Like truly, you don't know where she's going to go with it, but you know, it's going to be great. You're just like, Oh, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be good. And you know that she's going to, she also doesn't quite know what's where it's going, but you know, you trust her to get you there, which is why whenever I get the question, this is so, this, this is what, like, I don't, I'm not a good person. Whenever I get the question, if you had a time machine, it could go back in time. Like, yeah, of course, kill Hitler, go meet Jesus, whatever. But honestly, what I think about is her Carnegie Hall concert, the night at oh, Carnegie yes, Hall. Yes. I always think. I probably just go there. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's I could go like my grandfather I never met because he died before I was born. I could go, you know, kill Hitler or whatever we're supposed to do. But God, that concert tore a divorce. Tore divorce. I mean, she is. Like it's like almost like a uh, just a raging fire. Just whenever she's doing a show, it just like well, you know she she stayed awake for thirty six hours before the Carnegie Hall concert because she was afraid if she fell asleep she would lose her voice. Which as singers, I kind of relate to that. You know, you never quite know how you're going to wake up. Yeah, and I haven't done like rails of cocaine to stay awake for 36 hours but it's i'm I'm only 36 i've got plenty of time yeah 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 (laughs) is that my parting gift just rails of cocaine surprise come shine playing with the bongos um but she just did like rails and rails of cocaine and before she went out she always like her kind of ritual was to stand in the wings and as they played her big overture she would just yell fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you to the audience oh my god as like uh, to like power herself up like you don't control me i'm in control so that was like her thing so imagine just like a methed out judy like she's been awake for two days she's like fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you wouldn't you use a time machine trip to see that yes absolutely <laughs> I would, but I'd also stop. Like I would absolutely kill Hitler, though. Like I just want to say that I'm gonna put that on the record. <laughs> I would, I would absolutely recommend killing Hitler. Like that is super important. Famous Chicago drag artist Darby Lynn Cartwright would kill. Hitler. <laughs> Let the record show. Let the record Very show. much in support of the death of Hitler. 
<laughs> Way to take a stance. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That was brave. Uh, I just, oh my God. I, I love this. I, I feel like I know Judy, but I feel like you just like, you are an encyclopedia. Like, you know. Yeah, I'm a psycho. Now, have you seen, have you seen Renee as Judy in Judy? Yes, of course. Yes. What are your feelings? That's a, um, that's an interesting conversation to bring up at the end of a podcast. Um, <laughs> I feel like you saved it to the end because yes. you knew I would need to be cut off. Yes. Here's the deal. I honestly, as a perform, as an acting performance, mm-hmm. I was very pleased. Yeah. Um, I think she has a very specific face that I was worried I wouldn't be able to forget. Yeah. And I was in fact able to forget. I think Renee Zellweger did an amazing job embodying Judy while acting. Sure. Sure. I think the choice (laughs) to use her singing voice Uh, was a strong choice. Yeah. I understand. I understand it to a degree, but I do think when Judy Davis, who won, didn't she win the Golden Globe? Yes. For Me and My Shadows? Yeah, and when I'm, Judy Davis yeah. had already done it and had done it with using Judy Garland's vocals and it worked so well, yeah. I thought that was a strong choice. Yeah. That's- um, I hated it. I hated that. <laughs> I hated that part. Yeah. I also just hate that there was no... There was no reason for the movie. There was no focus of the movie. No, there wasn't any central, like, there was no cause or reason or anything. It just was, like, these random moments of just, like, here's Judy. <laughs> like, this and the, like, gay, the gay friends, yeah, and no. I didn't understand that. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It It felt like, as... As a diehard Judy fan, it felt like there wasn't a single Judy fan on the production of that movie. Because <laughs> I just feel like there was a lot that they got wrong. Um, just straight men behind. But I, I enjoyed it like as a Saturday afternoon movie. Yes. Like I would absolutely, I only saw it once. I would absolutely watch it again. Yeah. I, I, I really believe Renee did the best she could yeah it definitely is like a matinee movie (laughs) definitely is, and you know i think it's a strong choice by them to decide that we wouldn't see a lot of lorna luft abuse and it's like i tune in to judy garland movies to see lorna get her bullshit like i want to fucking give it to lorna fuck her you're not liza you're not even joe you're lorna (laughs) Now listen, Lorna was in Greece too, so she has contributed. Now she was great in Greece too. She, she really was. was. And I think and I think in, in the modern in our current modern, you know, the hellscape we're living in, I think Greece too has made a comeback. I think so too. I think it really has. I think I've it seen has. It on more streaming platforms than Greece One. Like it is like yeah. everywhere. And it's, I it's a shame the lead um, is in fact like a, a crazy Trump supporter. The guy, what's his oh, name? Yeah. Highlander, whatever his name is. Yes. God, I can't remember his name, but it he's, doesn't matter. Yeah. He's Maxwell like a Trumper. Caldwell? Ma- like, it doesn't matter. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him forever. 
Or wait, is he dead? Wait, who am I thinking of? It's all about it's all about Michelle Pfeiffer anyway. Yeah, truly. <laughs> truly. truly. Michelle Pfeiffer and Lorna Loved getting to sing that one song while they bowled. Yes. For you, Lawrence. <laughs> I wonder if Liza's seen Grease too. Oh. No. <laughs> Grease 2 came out, what, in the late 80s? Like, yeah. mid-80s? Liza yeah. was rails a coat. She, she was right. hanging out. She had the time. She was like, I'm sorry, I would love it. Oh, what's it? You got a new movie, sister? I'm sorry, I would love to see it. But is, is, it, is it playing in the bathroom where I do coke? It wasn't. So the mama would love you were in the picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> bless her oh well is there anything left about the performance that you would like to say before we wrap up here yes thank you so much i'd like to revisit it from the beginning (laughs) let's just start it all over (laughs) i think other than i think this is a good place to end the at the end when they sing that final note and the camera pulls away from them the camera with the mic attached so the camera is is panning out and you're starting to lose their voices and they judy kicks up and they both kind of kick back and then fall into each other it's so good yes because it's like it's like the perfect reaction to that moment yeah, it, it is. It is like you said. It is like whenever she like does something amazing and she shocks herself. It was like both of them because I mean, ugh, when Barbara hits that last note and it's just perfect, and she just kind of scoops up into it, and it's oh yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good. It's so good. And I'm just glad. I'm glad that modern queer culture. Because I do believe that there are a lot of people uh, in in the past that have not been honored in queer culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, specifically, obviously, black people, people of color. Like, so I'm I'm glad that we're starting to realize that and pay tribute to the people who we have ignored for so long. Yeah. But I am glad too that that some of the people that have meant so much are still being recognized. Yeah. And I think Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand and that moment is a big part of, of queer culture that modern queer culture has continued to kind of build into its own kind of moment. I I love that. I mean, it's just like, if you think about how queer culture even started, especially among like gay men, it was friends of Dorothy. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, all about Judy, you know, our phrases of my good Judy, like things like that. Just like, She's everywhere in the foundation of us. And so it's just, it's nice to hold on to those references. And it's nice to hold on to those things because we. And it's so funny too. She never, she never really made a statement about gay people. There's one interview on YouTube that if you type in Judy Garland, homosexuality, like there's an interview where someone in London, I believe is asking her about her gay fans, her homosexual fans. And why did, why does she think she's so popular? And her answer is not exactly like pride parade, you know, great. It's not like, well, I love gay people. And they love me. It, it is kind of just like, well, I don't know if that's true. I think everybody can do what they want. Um, 
but I, but I do love that this like goddamn drug addict in like the late sixties, who's barely aware of like where she is and what time it is. was like, all right, fine. I'll be a part of this gay thing. All right, let's do it. You know? I love you all. She was leading no marches. Let's say that she was not leading a march. Um, but would she be happy to be pulled along in a wagon? Probably. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think she would. <laughs> We're putting a lot on her. We're putting a lot of expectations on her. I'm sure she would deeply disappoint us, but I love the Judy that we've created for ourselves. I just think that she is for every young queer person, whenever they see the Wizard of Oz, whenever they see her and trying to like wanting to be somewhere else besides middle of nowhere, Kansas, and, and once you know, goes and flies off to glamour. Like she flies off into wants to love in the woods with three different dudes. <laughs> like we've all had that experience. Meet three strange guys we in the woods. Yeah. And then um, we really do want to click our heels and just be like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is post-nut clarity at its best. I am I have to leave. You got a balloon? Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> click, click. click. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be? Have you? Have you ever been? Have you ever hooked up with a guy and then immediately after you started clicking his heels and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> I know who v- invented you're, that." You're trying to Dorothy your way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> you thing out of here. Put them up. Put them up. <laughs> okay. This is, this is dark. <laughs> this is worse than, than that munchkin who hanged themselves. Oh, God. Oh, man. The, the, I, yes. The Wizard of Oz. Darkness. Constantly. Dark, darkness. Dark, dark. Yeah. Dark. Well, let's go ahead and add this performance of Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand on the Judy Garland show into our book of gags. Yeah! Is that the theme song? No, there's music. But... <laughs> oh, okay. I, thought, I was like, wow, you worked on the gags. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, uh, to finish our episode, let's go ahead and wrap up with our gags of the week. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go first to show you yeah. an example, but first Please of do. all, I actually have to, uh, I have ignored a gag of mine for weeks now. And I need to really quickly say that the second season of pen 15 is an absolute gag. If you have not yes. watched it yet, it is incredible. Yes. And I have gone weeks now episodes now without even mentioning it and i'm so mad at myself so so shout out to pen 15 but my gag of the week is uh last week i watched what the constitution means to me on amazon have you heard about it i just got recommended that yeah it is i don't know what it is though so it's a it's a woman who wrote a play and it's like it's three people total but like it's mainly her for the long time and she used to in 
like when she was younger, she would go to these like competitions and debate about the constitution and her. She pro- sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, she's a hoot. She's wonderful. Oh, okay, good, <laughs> like, good. like surprisingly. So, but she, and that's how she paid for her entire college. Like she would take the scholarship money from those, uh, from those competitions and paid for her entire college. And then like, so she structures it as I'm going to perform for you my debate that I would always give or my speech that I would always give at these competitions. And about halfway through, she kind of drops it and starts addressing these like things about the constitution that are like truly insane. And like, and, and pretty much the show becomes about how this country has truly failed women at its like core in every choice that this country has made. And it is so unbelievably incredible. I mean, I was in tears. It was, it's so amazing. I just, I cannot recommend enough. And then the end, it like, it really pays off. Like, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but if, okay. But if I'm not a woman, well, I understand a word of it. <laughs> Does she only talk in recipes? Will I get any of this? <laughs> well, she pulls out a Betty Crocker. <laughs> oh, then oh, I'll get it. Okay, great, 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 great. I have had Betty Crocker. Okay, great. <laughs> that, that is my gag of the week, Derby. That's good. Your gag of the week. Mine is so em- embarrassing because we've already talked about housewives. That's my gag of no, life. Please. But I, so I'm not going to talk about that. But I. <laughs> Have you seen the show? Oh, I'm so like I'm embarrassed. No, I, I'm so glad you can see me. Have you seen the show on Netflix? Uh, it just premiered. It's called Dream Home Makeover. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Have you watched it? Yes, yes. I've seen I've seen it like bits and pieces of some episodes here and there, but like I know the concept. Of okay, <laughs> okay. So let me express to you. So in the last few weeks, I I found. There's another show called Home. I don't know. It's the Home Edit Girls. Yes. They're these two obnoxious. Well, no, one of them is. Clea sucks. Clea can eat my ass. <laughs> There's two girls from Nashville and they organize people's homes. And <laughs> the payoff, it's the show's not great. The payoff's not great because, like, a home organization, like, they organize people's drawers. Yeah. So they're like, here's the big reveal. And it's a bunch of pencils and boxes. And you're like, I mean, I guess that's good. But it has changed my life. Like, I have literally invested all the money I have. Like, my bank account is at zero. And I have redone our entire house. And I just feel like, ask me where anything is. I know where it is. Well, don't ask me right now. Because there are a couple things I don't know. So I've been watching that. And it got me into just, like, trying to watch more of that. And then this week, I saw this show, Home Dream Makeover. And I was like, great. Mm -hmm. And it's this couple. uh, Obviously, you know. But it's this couple in Utah. This of course, very traditionally attractive, white, blonde, straight couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I say straight with quotes because (laughs) I, do you remember that show that was on TLC? That was, I'm married to a gay man. Do you remember that? Oh, oh, yes. Yes. There was a show. (laughs) There was a show and it was all, it was about these super religious people in Utah Mm -hmm. where the men were open with their wives about the fact that they are, attracted to men but uh-huh. they won't act on it they they instead decide to be in a marriage with a woman by while being very open that they're gay wow. um <laughs> bizarre i know like some, truly 
I know some religion guys in is the suburbs. Who like oh, oh my god, we've all we've all swallowed that load. Okay, but oh, religious trauma isn't that fun? We love yeah, it truly. But that's what this husband on this home makeover show is. So the home makeover show is basic as fuck. It's just these, yeah. it's the same shit. It's, it's basically like watching, uh, Magnolia, like flip <laughs> ship lap. Every, it's oh, the exact yeah. same shit. Yeah. It's white kitchens. Yeah. Like it's, ex- it's the same shit. So it's, in- it's fun to see because you love seeing, you know, nice things, but that's not what's going to change your life. What's going to change your life is just <laughs> coming to terms with the choice this man has made. And when the first episode started, and I realized just how incredibly gay her husband was, um, and and I'll be honest, I don't know that he is. He wasn't on that show, I Married a Gay Guy. But could he have been? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But he's super duper gay. Also very hot. um, So that helps. But, so hot, right? But... So I started out being like, oh, fuck that guy. But now I'm a few episodes in and I'm sad. It's triggering to me as a gay person who suffered a lot of Christian trauma uh-huh. to see someone make the choice I ran from. Yeah. But maybe, maybe somewhere this choice was the right choice for him. I'm not saying, I mean, I hate that it comes through trauma. Maybe he's happy. That's maybe what I'm trying he to is say. Happy. I mean, he has a show on Netflix. It can't be that bad. But the men, the, the straight men who clearly are very like beat up gay people straight that are in the couples of the homes that they work in. Yes. It is so funny when he walks in the house because he does all the things us gay people did growing up where we would get really quiet around groups of guys because we didn't want our gay voice to come out. We'd speak lower. We'd speak slower. You know what I mean? Because that's what he does. He's very quiet. And he'll be like, and then every now and then when it's him and his wife alone, he'll get excited and you'll hear him be like, I just love that pillow. Like, I think it's like, it's great. Like, it's a great idea. But then when he gets around the guys, he's like, oh, you like that? Oh, that's it. You like walls? You want a door? And it's just funny because he'll doors are cool. He'll doors are cool. He'll go to like welcome them or hug them, and the guys just recoil. And that's where I, I have the trauma happens again, where I was uh, like, "Oh, but you're not happy because you're in this terrible." Anyway, I don't know. I'm going back and forth. I'm having a lot of trauma, but I love it. <laughs> I love that choice. I love home makeover shows just in general. I mean, dream. Home- makeover i i still to this day it is wild to me that extreme home makeover was ever a thing like oh (laughs) and the fact that ty ty has been like 75 years old for the last like 50 years he went from 19 to 70 overnight ty that was a that was a moment. That was a it was moment. A spiritual awakening for a lot of us. <laughs> when for he, sure. When he was the first time he was shirtless on trading spaces, oh, I went. It was over. <laughs> over. I said, "What? <laughs> Who's that?" <laughs> we'll save this for the next one. But I watched an episode of Trading Spaces in the room that they redid. <gasps> Yeah, Curtis did a show with a woman who was on Trading Spaces. So I said, I must see this room. She said, I'll do you better. She invited us over to the house. I wore her Trading Spaces shirt. (laughs) I sat in a chair that Hildy put in the room. And I watched the episode. I left my body. 
It was, it's, it's one, it's a highlight of my life. Highlight. Uh, I love just YouTubing when the, uh, when the owners hate their rooms. It's so good. Well, they hated their shoe. Like oh, the sure. room I was sitting in wasn't exactly what was on the TV because it was the right. one. Do you remember when Hildy glued hay to the wall? Is that the one? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, now you made me doubt myself. Okay. She glued something to the wall she that they were so fight. upset about that they made production pay to redo. <gasps> Oh, oh, yeah. I think it's hay. Yeah. I think it is hay. I don't know. Oh, my it's, God. It's, oh, but I got to wear the shirt. I wore the shirt. <laughs> Man, I oh. would always, <laughs> I loved when the, the couples would see who the other designer was, and you could just tell that they were like, oh, fuck. Their shit <laughs> dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was like Vern. Vern. Or Vern was always good. Um, Who was the little... The little Frank. bear dad, Frank. Yeah. yeah, Frank. Frank was very hit or miss. Yes, you were either getting Country Kitchen, <laughs> or you were getting something strangely modern. It was yeah. like you never knew what you were getting with yeah, Frank. Just, but Hildy, you knew that you were going to be walking on like pinto beans for the rest of your life. Like you knew she was with garbage on your floor. You knew that. <laughs> we're going to put egg cartons all over. <laughs> Yeah, or if it was, what was the gay guy? Um, uh, the awful one. What was his name? Doug. Doug. Yeah. You knew that if you had Doug, if there was anything of sentimental value in your home, he would, would destroy it. it would be were, Please, my grandmother died in this boat. I keep this boat in memory of where she died. Please don't touch it. And then he'd carve it down and paint penises on it and be like, "Here you go." Doug would always, my other favorite thing is when the couples that he was working with to their neighbors, when they would be like, we're not, we can't do that. And he would be like, this is, this is part of my design. And he would get so mad at them. And the neighbors would just be like, please don't make us do this because we will lose friends. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Vern and the little redhead bitch from Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. The only two I trusted. Yeah. I was always excited when Vern was on because also that Vern was attractive to me. So (laughs) bringing it back. I think so. With the original designers. Yeah. And Paige Davis. (laughs) Yeah. Vern is coming back. Mindy Paige Davis Page. That's her full name. Uh, no, it's not. Yes, her wait. Name, her name is what is it? Mindy Page. So she goes by Page, but her real name's Mindy. So Mindy Page, and then Davis is her last name. But she's married. And she married Patrick. She Page. married the the <laughs> candelabra from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yes. And so her and so her real name is Mindy Page Davis Page. And I learned in a Trading Spaces book. <laughs> That I'm like, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Trading spaces. What? There was a book that I read about, sure. about behind the scenes of trading spaces, and they would always call her MPDP. They'd be like, MPDP is on set, <laughs> like something, or like MD, MPDP is ready to go. <laughs> MP double penetration. There's got to be some sort of porn thing there. 
Uh, that's awful oh my god this has just been the best i no one no one is listening to this i just want you to know they checked out this is the best i've figured out i found out that every episode that is just wild is like people's favorites (laughs) and they will text me and they will be like this is the best (laughs) okay well if it's not i'm so sorry (laughs) no well listen you are truly the most famous person (laughs) yes without a doubt without a doubt (laughs) but you are you are such a delight you are so funny and where can people watch imho oh my god thank you for asking (laughs) um limewire um just search (laughs) rosie o'donnell imho um no, uh, YouTube, Opvi, IMHO The Show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of clips on there. You can follow us on all socials. Follow me. Don't follow IMHO. I'll get you to IMHO. Darwin and Cartwright. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, super, it's a super fun show. It's I so mean, great. Tommy literally pays for it and he doesn't have to. I No, I, I do have to because it's so good. It's That's so- true because honestly, the moment you cancel your Patreon, you're getting a really weird text. <laughs> A threat, perhaps. Uh, it's so good. And I think that it has gotten into such a, like, it just gets better and better and better every recap. I just, I love it so much. And uh, you guys are uh, recapping Drag Race Holland right now, which is truly a trip. <laughs> tough. It's, it's tough. tough. <laughs> I have, so our, we, we filmed last Monday, uh, our newest Holland and it is Friday night and I still haven't finished editing it. I, <laughs> I don't think Holland's for me. I'm going to say that. I, I agree. I, um, every time I think I know who the favorite is besides Envy Peru, like, yeah. <laughs> Like, they send the, they send the other top girl home. No, it I, makes no sense. But this makes sense to me. This this past week, when Abby walked out in that Halloween costume, in the in words again of of Alyssa Edwards, that Hobby Lobby Shabby, <laughs> uh, it was not. And then they were like, "You look beautiful." <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "You look stunning. <laughs> Stay forever." And then <laughs> poor Chelsea boy. Uh, uh. Just it's all insane to me. Oh, well. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I highly recommend yeah. everybody go subscribe on YouTube to IMHO The Show. And please just watch every episode. It's so worth it. But It's worth it if you've got nothing else going on, which you don't, probably. <laughs> if you listen to this, you clearly don't. <laughs> yeah, let's <Truly>. do it. <laughs> Darby, I love you. Thank I you. I love you, too. And everybody else, hey. Keep on gagging. <laughs> Your face. Well, I don't think I've ever made it to an end of one of your episodes. <laughs> you said. An Absolute Gag is produced and edited by me. Cover art provided by Grace Greenwood at 1310 Studios. Follow her on Instagram at 1310 underscore studios or visit their website at www1310 spelled out studios.com. Music provided by Vivera. Find them on Spotify and iTunes. Rate and subscribe to the podcast on all podcatcher apps, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at an absolute gag pod. Thanks for listening. Now pump it, queens. Pump it, queens.